Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The views given on the following program are not necessarily the views of the station management or staff. Since individual situations can and will be different, please remember this when exercising any options presented by our guests. Success is equated with excess. The ambition for excess wrecks us. As the top of the mind becomes the bottom line. Success is equated with excess. This is Care for My Wealth. With Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management, your fee-only investment firm. Now, here's your Care for My Wealth guy, Chris Klein. And happy chilly Saturday morning to you. This is Care for My Wealth with Capstone Wealth Management right here on Fox Sports 1070. You can learn more about Capstone Wealth Management online, the website careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. Telephone number 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. The email, if you've got questions, info at careformywealth.com. That's I-N-F-O at careformywealth.com. And joining us this Saturday morning, as he does each and every Saturday morning, is Mr. Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management. Chris, how are you doing today? Top of the morning to you. Very good. <laughs> Top of the morning How about to you. you? <laughs> I'm doing well, my friend. Doing really well. We've got some exciting stuff to talk about. A lot going on. Mentioned, of course, the website, the telephone number as well. Great resources there. Uh, Chris, one of the things I, I've, I've loved in uh, getting to know you and something that's really cool that you do is you keep records. You keep a, a notebook of, of everything <laughs> going on. And uh, we were talking a bit before the show and, and you had mentioned, uh, you know, I said, hey, what should we come out with? And he said, I just want to talk about a little bit about what's going on in the notebook. And I thought, yes, let's talk about uh, what, <laughs> what you're seeing, Chris, and what it, what are some of those most recent notes in your notebook? Yeah, some people might hear that and say, good God, who keeps a handwritten notebook anymore? And why would I want to know what's in it? <laughs> Keys to the kingdom. Yes, um, yes we. Ke- I keep a, a handwritten longhand notebook of all the modeling that is uh, important from a macro perspective. In other words, you know, one of the things that if anyone out there listening loves to read and loves mathematics, you got to start looking at all the stuff from from Benoit Mandelbrot. 
And if you're really into that sort of thing, uh, pick up a copy of Misbehavior of Markets and run through that thing. Now, what's interesting is that Mandelbrot was a professor at Yale, so bright. I mean, I <laughs> talk about a pioneer and talk about a, a, a man that just uh, off the charts smart, way past my pay grade <laughs> by not just a little either. But what he did was is he created a way in which you could understand how to model roughness. And he applied it first to geography. He applied it to nature. He applied it to things that we see on a day-by-day -day basis, the movement of water, for example. I'm sure people listen and saying, what the heck does this have to do with my money? Because the market is all about understanding uh, on, in terms of how to handle and model roughness, right? So one of the most important things you have to recognize when dealing with your money in the market, any market, it doesn't matter if it's the equity market, doesn't matter if it's the commodities market, the bond market, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's currencies, it, all of it has a certain element of roughness to it. And if you misunderstand how roughness applies to the movement of price, well, then you're always going to be chasing something. You'll be chasing the next headline coming out of the news, watching CNBC or whatever the craziness that they're throwing out. And you're always going to be behind. And one of the things that I can, that I can share with you that, that proves this is that if you go back and you know, looked at tapes or recordings of the stuff that they were talking about on CNBC or MSNBC or any of the financial headline type, uh, type places. Mm -hmm. It was all about a rotation out of big tech into value, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's been a terrible, terrible rotation if in fact somebody did that. We've never talked about value in quad two. Quad two's always been growth, and, and inflation accelerating. And one of the things that I've always talked about is that, that the process of understanding the movement of our economy on that sine curve, which goes up and down, will put you in a position to be prepared to own the right things. When it comes time to picking those things, it's an understanding of the roughness of that thing that gets you the timing just right. And so what are some of the things that we saw this last week? Well, some of the things that we saw this last week were a couple of bouts of volatility or, quote, roughness that started to scare the crowd. Now, it's not scaring the crowd to the extent that we saw it get scared at the end of January. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome because you got a volatility spike that lets you buy into stuff at awesome prices. Well, we've, we've not had that opportunity yet. And much of it's because the mathematics of volatility, the volatility of volatility, as we call it, has been continuing to break down. If I go back and I look in my notebook, for example, on uh, let's just go all the way back to, say, Friday uh, the 5th, right? There was a vol of vol calculation that had the bottom end of the VIX at about 17.2, 17.3, somewhere in there. If we back that up a couple more days, it's all the way up into the low 20s, right? <clears throat> On Friday yesterday, the vol of vol calculation is about 60. Why is that important? Because as the VIX, as the roughness of the equity market continues to break down, it has a tendency to want to break down more. And so people are looking at the market in terms of its all-time high and saying, oh, it's going to crash. Oh, 
the bears are all over the place. They're just, you know, you just, I hear the same arguments over and over and over and over and over again, that this market's just ripe for a crash. And what I can tell you is that that's not what the roughness of the market is telling us. Now, can we get a volatility spike like what we saw at the middle of last month? Sure, that can always happen. But when you get those, what we have to do is, is, is look at it relative to the roughness patterns of everything else. And the roughness patterns of everything else right now certainly aren't leading us to anticipate or expect that this market's going to roll over and die or crash. In fact, just the opposite. And what's interesting is that Wall Street will come out and start to support, <laughs> and they don't even realize <clears throat> they're really doing it. They'll start to support the stuff that we've been talking about for months. Classic example, Wednesday of this last week, someone from JP Morgan came out and said, oh, it's the commodity super cycle. <laughs> really? Well, that's interesting because commodities have been along going all the way back to June of this year. <laughs> and if you're literally just starting to get interested in being in anything that's inflation related, I'll use corn as an example, you got a little bit of catching up to do because since June, corn's only up 40%. <laughs> but what does that mean? That means that Wall Street, like has always happened in the past, is typically not positioned for the appropriate spot on the economic sign curve. They're behind, and then when they realize they're behind, they start to have to chase. So the same things that have been applying over the past several weeks, even into really the beginning of November when Quad 2 really started to develop itself, it's the same story. The story of growth, growth accelerating, inflation accelerating, earnings. I mean, you take a look at the earnings that are coming out from uh, just in general, the S&P 500 type names. So, of course, we track this stuff on a day-by-day -day basis. As of uh, yesterday, Friday, there were, I, I want to say there were about 370 companies that reported out of the 500 in the S&P 500. And the average earnings growth was about 6.5% with sales growth of 2.7%. Now, some might look at that and say, well, that's not amazing. Wait till the second quarter. The second quarter in terms of earnings are going to rip people's faces off because, one, that's the way it works in quad two, number one. Number two, all of these companies that are reporting have really done an amazing amount of work to slash and cut expenses. I mean, think about where they were going into the, 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 the process of the COVID rolldown. I mean, companies were slashing expenses left and right. And yes, I understand. There are a lot of people that lost their jobs and still are because of that. And, and, and that's, that's a problem. Certainly, that's a travesty. But I have to look at it from an investment standpoint. And what may often be terrible from a citizenry standpoint can, in many cases, be a boon to the investment capacity. And that's hard, I know, in a lot of cases for people to separate you know, you live your life and you're seeing people losing their jobs all over the place and you're saying, how in the world can the market do well? Everybody's laid off or everybody's fired or, you know, whatever the case might be. You got to look at these things separately. But what I can tell you is that when you when you start to have these comparisons of very low, weak COVID comparisons that we're going to have essentially for the second quarter, along with the fact that these companies have gone through and just completely killed their, their expense structure, or adjusted it, or or remade themselves. 
you're going to see some earnings numbers that are just going to be shocking to the to the analyst community. Now, they shouldn't be shocking to anyone listening to the show because we've talked about it again and again and again. And we continue to talk about that this environment that we're in is not overly bullish. So let me dig into the notebook and give you a reason why. We follow this thing called the CFTC, non-commercial net long positioning. And what it does is it gives you a picture of those that are net long, meaning they own it, or those that are net short, meaning they've sold it, kind of like the whole GameStop situation. <laughs> they've sold shares that they borrowed. They've sold contracts that they've borrowed, whatever it might be. But it looks at the options in the futures market, right? So these are big players, right? These are these are bigger than than small guys, but yet at the same time, not the biggest of the big, not the commercial hedgers that we would call them. So when we look at this, we say to ourselves, well, this is a picture of consensus, consensus has a tendency to always be wrong. So if people say to me, everybody's bullish, I go, really? Okay, let me look at the CFTC futures and options positioning and see if that's true. Hmm. Well, in my notebook, it says the S&P 500 latest contract note was a minus 24,440 contracts, meaning they're net short. Huh. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, a negative 5,669 contracts, i.e. they're net short. Uh, to me, that doesn't sound like a lot of bullishness. No. Right? In fact, if you really want to see bullishness, the maximum three-year number on options and futures contracts on the S&P 500 was 247,179. Now, minus 24,000 all the way to 247,000 positive, that's a stretch. <laughs> We are not too bullish in this market. If anything, everyone is not bullish enough. They're not bullish enough because they've been frightened by these, these episodes of volatility. We call, they're called episodic and non-trending. They haven't turned into a trend. Things haven't changed the motion of volatility or quote roughness of this market to the extent that you would anticipate or expect markets to keep doing bad things, right? That being said, it would not surprise me a bit to see volatility, roughness, measured by the VIX for the S&P 500, get to somewhere around, say, oh, 24, maybe 25 on the upside. And when you see 24, 25 on the upside, what do you do? You buy. Because that's going to cause prices, roughness of volatility, roughness of the market creates <laughs> turbulence causes prices in many cases to come down, and that gives you an opportunity to enter. So there are some who are listening today, Sean, who mm -hmm. I would anticipate or expect are either out of the market completely or out of it to a large extent. And they're afraid to get back in simply because they've witnessed what's happened with price, right? In other words, they look at the S&P 500 and they, they don't really calibrate it you know, from the most recent high although it's still up a tremendous amount from there, what they're all doing is they're calibrating it from the exact bottom of the March 23rd low of last year. And they're saying, good grief, that's a 79% change in value, a rate of change. Yeah, I, I get that, but that's not how markets look. That's not how markets act or think. We have to constantly calibrate the price as a function of what's happening with volatility. It's, it's, so when you do that, 
what that's telling us is that we have this range of volatility somewhere between 16 and 25. And when you get to 25, you buy. And when you get to 16, you sell some. The reason I say some is that volatility keeps breaking down. And when it keeps breaking down, I'm telling you, if we have VIX 16, we're going to have a four handle on the S&P 500 versus 3,900. It's it's just the math. It's just the way it works out. And I know some people aren't going to believe me on that until they see it. But we also have to remember Janet Yellen, who's running the show, is the only <laughs> Fed governor to have ever gotten VIX in the nines <laughs> in single digits, right? <laughs> would that would that be a time to sell if you see it in the nines? Uh, not necessarily. Oh. Now, so that's actually a great question. Um, when VIX gets itself into the mid single digits. Yeah, you can certainly have some volatility spikes that occur from there. But here's what you get when you're below 10 or in the single digits of VIX. You have everybody really, no kidding, without a doubt, chasing because the market's on a tear. Hmm. (laughs) When you're single digits VIX, everything feels awesome. And yeah, at that point, we start to get a little bit nervous. But again, it comes down to the mathematics of it. What happens to the probable range of movement as volatility compresses? It has a tendency to compress itself as well. And what that has a tendency to do is that the lows and the highs of the probable mathematical range of the movement of any asset class, index or otherwise, keeps ratcheting itself up, which is exactly what's happening now. And that happens as volatility starts to leave an asset class. As volatility removes itself from an asset class, money comes in. As volatility ramps up in an asset class, money moves out. It's just the way it works. It's kind of like a great big accordion just going over, you know, back and forth, in and out. Okay. If we get to VIX single digits, are we certainly going to be a little more cautious, perhaps, than what we are talking about right now? It probably, because when you get down into the single digits of VIX, there's not too much farther it can go, (laughs) right? Chances are, probability shows that, yeah, we get some spikes in there. But when you're sub roughly 15, 16 on the VIX, you are in the green lights, the, 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 the Goldilocks zone. When you're sitting in a VIX of roughly, say, 15 to 30, you're in this chop zone. And I've talked about this before where markets just want to chop the average investor up. And when you move above 31, forget it. You're in the I'm going to kill you bucket <laughs> in, in terms of volatility or roughness as it relates to markets. And, and Sean, here's why that's important. So many people have been led to believe that it's okay to have your money get drawn down 20, 30% every now and then. And that you're told that, oh, just deal with it. It's okay. It'll come back. Sean, that's garbage. <laughs> That is, that is old wall thinking. That is, that is thinking from a, a, a process that doesn't want to put in the work. The way that it's done, if you're going to do it like a pro, is a lot of work. There's no lying about it. It's absolutely a lot of work. But if you want to not have your capital get blown up 20, 30, 40% every so often, then you have to make sure you're processing it differently. You have to look at the markets differently. You can't look at a single factor element such as price. You have to look at a multi-factor, multi-duration, multi-process system that gives you the opportunity to actually take advantage of that volatility instead of getting slapped around by it. 
It's not okay to have your money get blown up 20% every now and then. It's just not. You know, so don't believe the lies of old Wall Street than when they tell you, oh, it's okay, it'll come back. Yeah, great, good for them. But I'm not willing to sit around while it happens. Really? And that's why you understand and that's why you study roughness, right? Really good stuff. Talking this morning with Chris Klein. Of course, Chris comes to us from Capstone Wealth Management online, careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. Of course, you can learn more about uh, Capstone Wealth Management on the website. You can also email Chris for information, info at careformywealth.com. That's I-N-F-O at careformywealth.com. And the telephone number, 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. We'll continue our conversation with Chris next as Care For My Wealth continues right here, Fox Sports 1070. This is Care For My Wealth with Capstone Wealth Management right here, Fox Sports 1070, hanging out with Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management. Don't forget, if you want to connect with Chris, real easy to do. You can pick up the phone, give him a call, 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. You can also shoot Chris an email, info at careformywealth.com. That's I-N-F-O at careformywealth.com. And the website, careformywealth.com. Chris, we kind of left off that last segment talking a bit about kind of the VIX and and where things were going. And you mentioned that, that kind of that VIX range, 16 to 25. And you mentioned kind of in that, in that 25 range, getting right around 25, uh, you used the word buy, and I think a lot of people then say, okay, buy, buy what? <laughs> what should we be looking at there, my friend? Well, you buy the same exposures and the same factors and you know the, the same sectors that have always worked within the movement into and through quad two growth with accelerating inflation. You want exposure to small caps. You want exposure to high beta. What's high beta? So a beta of one is whatever the S&P 500 does. So if you bought something equal beta, you'd be buying the S&P 500 index. If you want high beta, well, then find a high beta investment that matches and ma- and, and works through the S&P 500. There are, there are some out there. <clears throat> um, uh, S&P has a high beta ETF that you can uh, invest in. In essence, it's just literally owning those companies that have a beta greater than the S&P 500 high beta stuff works inside the context of a movement to in through and to to and through quad two uh momentum yeah momentum names so when you think of momentum obviously you know people are constantly trying to define uh you know what in the world momentum means in the market because for most people anytime you hear the word momentum it just means anything that's moving up yeah (laughs) (laughs) And there's lots of things that certainly move up in the context and movement of quad two. But when I say momentum, what I'm what I'm specifically talking about are those names that have a tendency to get thrown around all the time. So on the momentum list, uh, and you, we do it. We express our investments for the benefit of our clients, our own capital, our employees' capital. Uh, we express it through the use of exchange traded funds. But just to give an example of some names that represent momentum. In this particular market, it's stuff like Tesla, Microsoft, Apple, NVIDIA, Amazon, PayPal, Adobe, uh, Google, you know, the top names. And people say, well, that's that's an overcrowded investment. Everybody's in those. 
Yeah, that's the point. That's what happens in quad two. Bubbles get bubblier. And people say, well, you can't buy the bubble. And I say, well, why not? That's what works in quad two. So why would you not want to own what does well in the midst of where you're supposed to be in the economic sign curve? The issue is people have a fear of buying stuff because they don't have any guardrails. <laughs> they have no idea what the top anticipated motion might be of that asset or the bottom anticipated motion of that asset might be. And I get it. That's, that's a, a very real fear. Um, my mentor and my coach, I mean, if anybody wants to go and do some research on, on how we define our philosophy and our principles, take a look at hedge eye risk management that Keith McCullough is my coach and my mentor, uh, and has been. And, and I'm telling you, there's the, the processing that we use is simply a function, fully understanding, fully loaded the whole process of mathematics into the market. And that mathematical process is what gives us a probable range of motion, a mathematical range of motion for the market, for any market, not just equities. So momentum is a very, very big factor as it relates to quad two positioning. Within the sectors themselves that do the best, the, the, the top ones have been and will continue to be tech, industrials, uh, on top of those two, then, then things like uh, metals and money. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Mining materials, uh, transports, for example, all these things are, are very, very uh, good inside that quad two. Consumer discretionary. Now, here's one that is a quad two long, and people say, "Well, how, how can that work?" Since everybody's lost their job. I mean, really, who's being discretionary with their money these days? Well, there's an awful lot of money being sent to people from the federal government, i.e., via stimulus. There's an awful lot of money being thrown from the Treasury to the Federal Reserve to banks' balance sheets by way of increased reserves. There's a lot of money out there, right? Now, granted, it's not getting to the people that might be hurting the most. I understand that. But the money is in the system. It's out there. And the reality is, is that when these things hit the consumer, they have a tendency to buy discretionary items, and so in quad two, the stuff that works is consumer discretionary, not consumer staples, right? Consumer staples are the things that everybody buys because they need it. And, and, and let me give you an example. So um, consumer staples, you can buy uh, an exchange traded fund, symbol XLP, that expresses consumer staples companies, right? Mm -hmm. And it, just as an example, from the middle of November, as I said, from when we really started to develop quad two, 
beginning to middle of November uh, is really where we started to see the motion of the sign curve appropriate itself. But consumer staples from the middle of November until now are down roughly 4%, right? Now, that's 4%. Now, you take the exact same time series, go the middle of the month for, for November, and you look at symbol XLY, which is consumer discretionary, and during that exact same time series, XLY is up 13%. I don't care why something happens, Sean. I really don't. I don't care what a company does. I don't care the why of anything. What I care is the math saying something should be done. Should I be buying? Should I be selling? And what should I be buying and selling? So this is a, a very simple but a very uh, important example as to why people need to be considering the appropriate asset allocations within the lens of a quad two bull market. And this isn't even a raging bull market yet. <laughs> I mean, this, this, is, this is a market where people are not positioned bullish enough. This is, when you wanna see a raging bull market, you're gonna see stuff where it takes the VIX down into single digits. We're not there yet, but here's an example. If you really wanted to create alpha, i.e. better than market, you short the consumer staples and you go long the consumer discretionary. And so now the one that you're short is up 4% and the one that you're long is up 13% versus being down four, up 13, netting out 11, right? Or mm -hmm. netting out nine. I, <laughs> I would much rather have the, the bigger number. I don't know about you, but that's one example, right? Uh, other places that are super valuable in terms of quad two positioning is commodities. And it's commodities across the board. Doesn't care what kind of commodity it is. If it's a commodity, it probably should be long in the portfolio in terms of the cycle. Now, some work better than other. Some have had a, a good run to be sure, but that still doesn't matter because literally Wall Street is not positioned for it. Let's go back to my notebook and let's look at the consensus positioning on these particular uh, commodities again. Do you know the only commodity, <laughs> and I mean the only one, the only commodity that consensus is long of right now? Not even a guess. Cattle. Cattle, okay. <laughs> Cattle. That's it. Now think about it. Just think of all the commodities that are out there. Oil, right? Copper, silver, natural gas, platinum, aluminum, nickel, corn, soybeans, wheat, sugar, coffee, cocoa, orange juice. The list goes on and on and on and on. And out of all that, consensus is only net long cattle? <laughs> really? That surprises, I'm sure, most people because most of us live in the real world and we're experiencing inflation every day. <laughs> Fill up your car, you go grocery shopping. We're all seeing the extent to which inflation is causing a problem in terms of people's paychecks. But from an investment standpoint, we don't get worried about an asset until it becomes a consensus net long. Nothing out there other than cattle is a consensus net long. And so you want to be long of agriculture. You want to be long of base metals. You can express that in a number of different ways uh, through the equities market, through exchange traded funds, mutual funds, and otherwise. But being long of commodities is a great place uh, in terms of being in quad two. Another one that we've talked about, but I think might be catching some people by surprise if they haven't been listening to this show or if they've just been in a balanced portfolio. That's a, that's a dirty word. You should get rid of that. 
<laughs> get rid of the knowledge of a balanced portfolio. Balanced is garbage. But you know what balanced is? Balanced is having you in old wall assets at exactly the wrong time when something in sine curve of quad two is telling you to do something different and you don't do it. Perfect example, treasuries, right? So people will say, oh, well, yeah, treasuries, man, that's a safe place. I mean, you know, granted, the federal government's spending a lot of money, but hey, we print our own, so who cares? Yeah. They're going to make good on their bills. That's the belief. That's the expectation. Well, let's go back to that same time series. Let's call it roughly the middle of November. <clears throat> and let's say that, all right, well, what has the uh, longer term, 20 plus year treasuries, what have they done since, let's say, the middle to beginning of, uh, of November until yesterday? They're only down 7%, mm. right? Int why? Well, because interest rates are doing what they always do inside the context of the economic sine curve moving to, through, quad two, and that's that they go up. If you look at interest rates towards the beginning of November and you compare them to where they are today, the beginning of November, we had interest rates in the 10-year treasury down at seven a point, that's 0.77%. Yesterday, they're knocking on the door of above 1.2%. Now, if you look at that in percentage terms, that's a 56% increase. The rate of change, the positive motion of interest rates up roughly 56% from when Quad 2 was developing. So people wonder, well, why are these treasuries getting hit so bad? Well, it's because interest rates are going up. So in Quad 2, you want to short treasuries. You don't want to be long them. And because interest rates go up in Quad 2, it blows up the gold bugs. So many people have these outdated expectations as to, well, the Fed's printing all this money. The government's just throwing it away. Our dollar's getting eviscerated. Yeah. It, it, you know what? You're not wrong. I mean, let's face it. Inflation has done a number on the U.S. dollar over a very long time. But I'm not looking at super long extended periods. I'm looking at a process that shows me cycling through weekly, monthly, quarterly, ultimately yearly. Okay. But where we're at right now is having to position for the rate of change that's happening within this economic quadrant. And interest rates go up in context of quad two. Our mathematical modeling that we're using shows an upside on the 10 year treasury of 1.23% all the way down to 1.09. So, what's that mean? Well, for us, we sell some of our bond shorts, we cover some of our bond shorts at 1.2 to 1.23. We did a little of that yesterday took some profits and we'll short them again in size down at about 1.1, Who knows when that happens? Maybe it happens in a day. Maybe it happens in six weeks. I don't know, but I know interest rates are going up. So when interest rates go up, what happens to gold? Well, gold has a tendency to go down, right? And so if you look at the cycle all right. So if we look at the cycle of gold from when it peaked, which, oh, by the way, happened to be beginning to mid of November. Why? Because that's the development of quad two growth with accelerating inflation. Gold from development of quad two to where we are yesterday, down roughly 7%. Nope. There is this belief that certain asset classes carry with them an extent of safety that no matter where you are and what you do, if you just own them, you'll be okay. I'm not looking at it that way. 
you know, yes, we are the longest of long-term investors because we want to work to get the full cycle of the investment cycle on that sine curve correct. But to do that, I got to try and get it right on the short end first. I got to try and be right this week. I got to try and be right this month. I got to try and be right this quarter. And if I went in and said, man, I'm really worried about the dollar, I could have put my and my client's money in gold and been down 7%. And I look at that and say, that's terrible. Why would I want to do that when I could have shorted gold, shorted treasuries, owned momentum, high growth, high beta, small caps, industrials, tech, the things that work in quad two and have been up without taking as much risk as the market. So those are the things that work, but just as important of the things that work in quad two, it's understanding the things that don't work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the things that don't work are the things that we've talked about in the past. It's duration and deflation. Duration simply meaning those particular asset classes that are longer in the duration cycle, long-term bonds, deflation-based assets such as utilities, and to some extent, even real estate, right? Some real estate, I understand, will do better than others. Uh, and there is a cycle where real estate can kind of hold its own. But you know, when you come down to selecting asset classes and you say, all right, well, this asset class has a tendency to do 10% over this cycle, and this asset class has a tendency to do four. Yes, both made money. But given the choice, I'm going to take the one that made money more <laughs> than the one that made money, but made money less. <laughs> Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> that that makes perfect sense right there for sure. He is Chris Clyde. Of course, Chris comes to us from Capstone Wealth Management online at careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. You can learn more about Chris and everyone at Capstone Wealth Management on the website. If you got questions, you can always email Chris. It's info at careformywealth.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at careformywealth.com. Or pick up phone, give him a call. Telephone number 866 866- 596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. We'll continue our conversation with Chris, get a little more insight into what's going on in Chris's notebook. We will get those details next as Care for My Wealth continues right here on Fox Sports 1070. This is Care for My Wealth on Fox Sports 1070, hanging out with Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management Online. Careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. Telephone number 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. You can shoot Chris an email, info at careformywealth.com. That's I-N-F-O at careformywealth.com, info at careformywealth.com. Real quick, I was going to ask you a little bit about uh, about gold and those gold bugs and kind of what drives them and where that where that's what we know about kind of where that narrative is based. But real quick, you and I were talking a bit before uh, during the commercial break here about uh, about with things like uh, discretionary spending. And, and you had mentioned earlier about you wouldn't think as we're in the kind of economic conditions we are in right now that that discretionary would be a would be a place to be. And I had mentioned to you I'd seen recently at a big box store right after that. I think it was the second um, stimulus check came out for some. Um, I think they were like six hundred dollars and they had a, a row of t- TVs, big screen TVs. And conveniently, strangely enough, all of those TVs were priced below $600. And I thought, you guys know what you're doing. You know who you're targeting. I'm not talking about the people buying. I'm talking about the people selling. There, I think on some level, consumers, we need to start thinking 
the, the same way some of these some of these very successful businesses do and understand what they're doing and why they're doing that to us. Yeah, it is pretty crazy the way that they, uh, well, for lack of a better word, manipulate your buying habits, yes. right? And uh, and we and we see it across the board. I mean, all the targeting that goes on online, you know, the stuff that shows up in your email boxes and the stuff that shows up in ads on your social media. And you wonder how in the world do these people know that I was looking for that? <laughs> and they they know everything about you. It's it's uh, it's sad. I you know. That is really interesting that they priced that TV right below that, but it doesn't surprise me, I guess. That's the way it's probably, you know, from a business standpoint, what they need to do. They got to move inventory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, by the way, we got a whole pile of people with just that much money. So yeah. so they're going to spend it. <laughs> but that's yeah. why consumer. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, yeah, but they, they and there's a reason why they, they build more stores and, and make good money is they they know that that type of thing. And I think sometimes as, as you and I have been talking on this show and, and un, kind of understanding how the things work is um, there's there's opportunity in all of these type of things. Well, there is, you know, and again, I don't care about from our from my shoes, sitting in my chair, looking at my screens and, and recognizing the processing and the math behind it. I don't care what the narrative is. Mm-hmm. I don't care how somebody got the money. I don't care what a company is doing. I don't care about their marketing tactics. I, I could care a less. What I care about is where are we on the sign curve so that I can get an idea of what works within the context of that particular economic quadrant and then listening to the signal. The signal is simply understanding the roughness of the market. If you understand the movement or the volatility of volatility of the market, you can get a better processing of timing when to be in and when to be out. And, you know, the same thing's true if you look at it from a more macro or a larger viewpoint, right? If you look at it from a macro perspective and someone says, well, I don't really need to worry about all the ins and outs and, and, you know, the processing of buying this exactly at the right time and selling it at exactly the right time. I can tell you this, the way that the pros do it is that they have a very, very strong discipline of how much of an asset class to own and no more. Mm -hmm. For us, we use 12% for currencies. We, We deemed gold a currency and we're not long of gold right now. We're short. But 12% is the maximum currency position that we would be willing to take in any one currency, whether it's the dollar, the Swiss franc, the pound, doesn't matter. If we want to own that currency, we wouldn't put more than 12% of our client's capital in that one currency. Fixed income, maximum is 10% per fixed income piece. And there's a number of different fixed incomes that, oh, by the way, go up when interest rates go up. And it's not traditional corporate bonds and it's not treasuries. So if you're in traditional corporate bonds and treasuries and you're wondering why your balanced fund might not be doing so awesome, or you're not getting the gas that you could otherwise get, it's because that fixed income is holding you back. To me, if you're an investor, if I'm plowing a field, (laughs) I I don't really want to like, if I'm running a race, I certainly don't want to plow behind me, right? But to some extent, that's what happens with a balanced kind of a fund or a balanced portfolio. Because in most cases, in my experience, the type of fixed income that everybody ends up with is treasuries and, and corporate and corporate uh, bonds. <clears throat> so we don't want to go down that path. We don't want to own those. Um, but at the same time, I want to know what's the stuff that does well 
in this cycle. And so that's why we have these very strict, very disciplined asset allocations, no more than 6% for equity positions, no more than 4% for commodity positions. And on the short side, it's half of all those numbers, six for currencies, five for fixed income, three for equities maximum. In most cases, I'm way less than that, right? If I see, uh, for example, treasuries, if I see interest rates come down and tap 1.1% sometime next month or next week, or in the next couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, or Monday markets are closed, but say Tuesday or Thursday, uh, or Wednesday or Thursday, I, I guess what I'm going to do, I'm going to take mine and my clients' accounts and I'm going to pop them up to 5% short treasuries because that's what the math is telling me to do. I get very, very cautious about shorting any equities in quad two because quad two is all about growth and inflation accelerating. So you can short equities, but you got to be very, very surgical about it. And for most of us, we just don't want to go down that processing road when VIX is below 25, right? You especially don't want to be there if VIX is below 16. It just gets very, very difficult. The place to short tre- or short equities is going to be in quads three, but specifically quad four. And we're not there right now, obviously. Um, the gold stuff, mm-hmm. you want to, for us, we want to short this thing. And, and we just, we want to short it every time it bounces to a lower high. And if you look at a chart of gold, it's bounced to a lower high a whole bunch of times now since it peaked at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, into the, the top of the market in November when Quad 2 is developing. In fact, it's, it's bounced to a lower high, a grand total of six times now. And so what's that do? It lets you, for us, size up our gold short at the peak and then start to sell it down as it slowly moves itself down. It then gets a counter trend bounce, hits the peak, you short it, it starts to move itself down. The US dollar is doing the same thing. It's continuing to move up and down in a downward fashion because it's in a bearish trend. And a bearish trend is very typical for the US dollar anywhere outside of quad four. So that's one of the things that helps us to develop a portfolio. But you have to be very strict about your positions and your position sizing. We'll get really, really big in our position sizing when we see VIX tap 25, 26. As I mentioned, at the end of January, I think I was in net cash position of maybe half a percent in many cases. And we were net long in our most aggressive portfolios greater than 100% because we used some leverage. Two weeks later, I had almost 50% cash because volatility just fell to the floor. And we believe we're still in the midst of this chop bucket. And so as long as we're in the chop, I'm going to make sure that we're unwinding some positions as volatility deteriorates and that we're adding to positions as volatility starts to ramp up again. So hopefully that answers some questions on what to own, where to own it, and what not to own. (laughs) It really does really good stuff, as always. Talking with Chris Klein. Of course, Chris comes to us from Capstone Wealth Management. This is Care For My Wealth on Fox Sports 1070. Don't forget about the website, careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. More information, you can email Chris, info at careformywealth.com, or pick up the phone and give him a call, 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. 596-9886. We'll talk with Chris a bit more about getting in contact with him and a little bit more about what he does. We'll do all of that next as Care for My Wealth continues right here, Fox Sports 1070. 
This is Care for My Wealth on Fox Sports 1070. Hanging out with Chris Klein. Chris comes to us from Capstone Wealth Management. The website Capstone, or excuse me, careformywealth.com for Capstone Wealth Management. That's careformywealth.com. To get more information from Chris, info at careformywealth.com or pick up phone, give him a call, 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. Been talking a bit about what's in Chris's notebook this week. And uh, Chris, for people who've been listening and uh, people that love uh, hearing the show and they say, I'd like to learn a little bit more. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the process. Once somebody picks up the phone, gives you a call or shoots you an email, kind of starts that conversation. Uh, where do you kind of go from there? Yeah, so we can have a conversation over the phone. We can do it virtually. We can do it in person, whichever you'd like. I'm, I'm wide open to any and all of those things. If you'd, uh, you'd like to pick my brain or kick the tires, so to speak, to see if there's a fit. Um, sometimes the easiest thing to do, just because it saves everybody a drive, is to have a quick conversation on the phone or via Zoom. And, uh, and then from there, if you want to schedule some time to get together and, and uh, get a look in my notebook, <laughs> I can, we, we can set up the time to do that, to, to be sure. Um, and obviously, with that, it comes uh, a time for us just to make sure I'm answering questions for you, uh, giving you some guidance and idea of whether or not you do need help, um, whether or not what you're doing is something that you could improve on or if it's on the right track. Uh, and everything that we do is 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 essentially designed to try and help drive your investment bus to the destination that you want to go with as little of bumps as we can possibly possibly get through. Right? Stay off the bumpy roads as much as we can. <laughs> yes. A smooth go on that bus. And again, you can learn more on the website, Capstone Wealth Management's website, careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. The best thing to do, though, pick up the phone, give Chris a call. He'd love to talk with you. Love to get to know you. Again, that telephone number at Capstone Wealth Management is 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. And email info at careformywealth.com. That's I-N-F-O at careformywealth.com. Chris, you have a fantastic day. Thanks, you too. I'm going to leave you with one quick thing. I've watched a uh, yesterday this divergence with volatility of volatility and volatility itself. So I wouldn't be surprised at a little bit of volatility peeking in next week. So just be aware. That's all. <laughs> really good stuff. He is Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management. This is Care for My Wealth right here on Fox Sports 1070. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.